Trapsident presents M.L. Elric. Hollywood's famous private detective created by Drew Lane, M.L. Elric. Tough, cynical, private eye of Murder, My Sweet, the sardonic, case-hardened detective of the Brasher Doubloon, the Lady in the Lake, and the Big Sleep. You've seen him in action in all of those top-flight mystery pictures. Now, in order that you may continue to enjoy this exciting mystery series, Pepsodent brings you The Adventures of M.L. Elric with a cast of noted radio players and starring MGM's brilliant and dynamic young actor, M.L. Elric. Get your finger out of my face. Get your finger out of my face. Take the first shot, then if you want to get your finger out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Elric? Hello, my good friends. It's your old pal, M.L. Elric, investigative reporter at Fox 2 News, and your host for the next hour on ML Soul of Detroit. I am joined by Mark Fellhauer and... In a rare treat, Sean Windsor is with us in studio to talk about our guilty pleasures. And Sean Windsor being in studio rare is one of my guilty pleasures. Well, you've rare. been on the road. You're a working man. You've been doing some stuff for the free press. Rare. By the way, I was listening to the intro, and it reminds me of Chris Cuomo. Who called you what in that uh, scene when you're in the revolving door there? That was a, it was a leading member of the bar. I see. You were flipping him off or something. But you will notice, unlike Chris Cuomo, who we spoke about in our last episode, if you missed it, go to mlsoulofdetroit.com, go to your favorite podcasting hosting uh, platform, and listen to it because it was, it was a Jim Dandy episode where we debunk the Manoogian Mansion rumor and talk about media conspiracies. But um, I think I was a little more uh, well-behaved than, uh, than Mr. Cuomo. He wanted to push somebody down the stairs. I offered my, my friend uh, the, first, the first shot. Which... You wouldn't do that because somebody could reach up and grab that earring and pull you with them. <laughs> you're, just, you're just jealous. You know, they, they come in pairs. This one might fit somewhere else on you that has a small circumference. If, uh, if my pinky. Feeling... Aren't you glad you're in studio? Yes, my sir, pinky. Sure. If, you're, if you're feeling frisky. I try to come in here and uplift. Not uplift so much as, uh, you know. Mature it up a little bit, and it, and it never works. If you, want, I mean, Mark tries, but he can't do it alone. I think if you're looking for some uplift, I suggest the man's ear. Uh, I uh, prefer the bro, also known as the bro. That's true. It, I, I could probably could use one of those. I don't think so. I think you look good. I'm I like a chesty. I don't know, man. I was in a Walgreens the other day picking up a script for a family member, and there's a mirror in the back, and it's angled down. And I looked up, and I was in a t-shirt, and all I could see was this jiggling. And I thought, oh, yeah. is this really what it's come to? I'm in a Walgreens at midday, and uh, I'm bouncing. You, you know and what? There's the, my reflection back all over the store. You know what the young woman <laughs> That's uh, pathetic. at the cash register was thinking? Cute guy, but I don't like the unicorn T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and could you put some sleeves on? Because you know, gun shows in in stores these days are frowned upon. No, I put sleeves on. I, I don't want my upper arm hair. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I thought, I thought you just combed it over the shoulders. <laughs> it's so good to have Sean here. And uh, Mark, uh, let's let's kick Mark around a little bit. Mark, what, what are some of your, your uh, inherent securities that you're so loath to have the entire world know? I, I hide from every camera. I think you know that. That's why I'm always behind this giant monitor. Wow. I don't, I don't like cameras. I don't like mirrors. You did get a haircut, though. I, I did, thank you. Does it look okay? It, it looks, right? it looks right. pretty hot, actually. Oh, we had Gibby and uh, Kirk Gibson in for Drew and Mike, and I took a picture next to him, and I was horrified by how terrible I looked. And then, you know, Gibby's had his health problems, and I look at the picture, and I go, he's the best-looking guy in the whole bunch, man. Did he comment on your calf muscles? Because you've, you've, He did not. We've no. talked about those before. No. 
you know, Thank you. They're how impressive. shapely they are. It's impressive. Some nice yeah. little drumsticks. Well, it's got to carry a lot of weight around. So I think that's why they. I think that's why they're so large. Wow. I'm going to go with that. Man, so we we're not even we we were supposed to do guilty pleasures. Now we're into we're getting a little more confessional than I thought. Before we get too far down, age this, and time, before and, we get and death too far down this road. Let me let me tell Fun you something stuff. about a man who has nothing to be ashamed of. A handsome man, a helpful man, a man who can help you save a bundle of money on your mortgage. Of course, I'm speaking of. Mr. David Hall of Hall Financial, who sponsors the Red Shovel Network and this show in particular. We certainly appreciate that. And without sponsors like David Hall and his team, we're not going to be here, folks. Um, I put my trust in them. I refinanced my house. They gave me a great rate. I actually wish I could refinance it again because the rates are even better. So uh, they're taking a chance on us. You're not going to take a chance if you go to Hall Financial. You can contact David at dhall at hallfg.com, or you can call 248-308-5000. Ask for Dan Morrison. That's the guy who helped me. I understand he's very busy because some of you have been calling. Keep those calls going. Dan does not need to see his family. He does not have to feed his pet. His fish is already dead. So forget about the baby orca. It's gone. And maybe he can get Shannon to help out, too, because she certainly helped me out. Maybe it's your first home. Maybe it's your dream home. Maybe you want to take money out of your home. Maybe you want to buy one of those little pirate things in the fishbowl. Dan's got one of those available. Finance it through Hall Financial. Give him a chance. Lower rates, better options, and more personal attention. They have over 750 five-star reviews. Give him a call. Hall at hallfg.com, 248-308-5000. And thank them for giving the Soul of Detroit a chance to stick around for a while. NMLS one four six seven four three five. Tell them ML sent you, and they'll explain to you what those numbers mean. Because I sure as hell don't know. Ah, got it. Why didn't I think of that before? Any more time? There's too many variables. Okay, I'm done here. Much more difficult than I expected. What have you guys come up with for, uh, let's say, number two? Number two, Rhea Perlman. What'd you put there? Joyce DeWitt was number two. <laughs> number one, Bonnie Bedelia. Meow. The mother from Die Hard? The Stone Fox from A Mother's Right, the Elizabeth Morgan story. Yes. Why would you put down? I misunderstood the question. No, no, give it here. No, I, I was confused with the wording. I'm serious. I didn't realize what you meant by guilty pleasure. Jeez, Billy. Oiled garbage bag? Sweat sock? <laughs> oh, my God. Number three. Melon heated in a microwave. That's, That's very creative, too. Billy. I'm sure your mother is proud of you. Give me that wife. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, let's get back to work. I think we had enough fun here. No, no. Fun is number five, which simply states... Quote, dust buster with corner attachment. That sounds dangerous. I didn't understand the question. <laughs> so that's a snip from the, uh, the Venture Brothers. One of I won't say it's my, one of my guilty pleasures because I, I love the first two seasons of the Venture Brothers. I love. After that, you can, you can take it. But one of my guilty pleasures is, and I'll start us off here. I like to freak people out a little bit, you know, say things that they don't expect, um, like. Uh, like to shock? Yeah, like somebody might Shock say something. Try, trying to be provocative, like somebody might say something like, uh, "Oh, that's a that's a that's a lovely shrub that you have there in front of your house." Uh, and I'd say, I, "I bet it would look great grown out of your ass." And then they say, "What?" So I don't do that too often, and, uh, <laughs> just mainly because only when relatives visit. But one year I went out for Hank Venture uh, uh, for Halloween, but because nobody knows who Hank oh, Venture yeah. is, everybody thought I was Fred from Scooby Doo, and I said, "No, I'm." Um, Hank uh, Venture, and that was uh, very confusing. You people, have to explain your costume. It's not not a good costume. See, I don't like to explain it, so people walk away. Oh, so, okay. So one year I was at a Halloween party that was not a costume party, and I had a um, uh, 
I had a Poe costume, the uh, Teletubby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was um, a six-foot-one red, red Poe mm-hmm. with another foot-high antenna on the top. And I was the only one at this party who had a costume on, and I was standing in line because they had, like, a buffet table spread out. I was at this this kind of funky hall in, uh, I think, Oak Park or somewhere, Huntington Woods or something. And this woman I didn't know came up to me and said, um, nice costume. I, I really like your costume. And I just said, what costume? Yeah. <laughs> and I started putting my stuff on my plate. And she goes, <laughs> and I just looked at her like, you're offending me. And then I just <laughs> kept eating stuff. And she walked away. And I noticed for the rest of the party that wherever I would go in the hall, she would be as far away from me as possible in the hall. So, she couldn't uh, have been that clueless, could she? I don't think she wanted to take any chances. Or she just didn't want to talk to you anymore. Maybe if I'd worn Tinky Winky, she would have felt safer. Yeah, carried your purse. See, the, the, the not me too. I, I'm just confused here because you said you'd do this to shock people or provoke people. But, but people know this about you. I mean, I maybe, it, maybe it works in a party at Oak Park. But anybody that knows you knows that what's coming out of your mouth is, uh, what can we say, Mark? Not sincere? Uh, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's the wrong way to put it. That it's going to be designed be to, tinge, yeah. to provoke. There you go. I, I would, I would hate to think to that a very, a very sexy and appealing man such as yourself would detect insincerity in my words. Well, when you're trying to provoke, it's not. You're looking for I, a reaction. I was, you're not. I was being insincere there. I know you were. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and there, too. Oh, damn it. Damn it. No, so. it's okay. We all want to be um, unpredictable. Uh, and, and I applaud you for trying. And failing? Well, I applaud you for trying. You shouldn't feel guilty about that pleasure, though. No. People should be on their toes. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that... Right, terrorize poor women in Oak Park at at, uh, parties. That's that's good. It's it's one way also to kind of find out who's kind of cool. Because if if, if you kind of throw something out there and they roll with it, then you're like, hey, you know what? This is somebody... kindred spirit. It's kind of cool, yeah. Her response, when when you said that to her, her response should be, oh, yeah, me neither. This isn't a costume. Because that would have thrown you for a loop, wondering if she is really dressed like someone. Or like she is a Teletubby, and she, her costume was coming as a regular woman. Yeah, you got to be quick on the, on the bag. Or yeah. maybe she was admiring your, your, uh, your guts to My be intent. at a party oh. yeah, why be the only one in a costume. Why were you the only one in a costume? And then you shat on her. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about it. No, I, no shatting in this costume. It did not have a hatch in the back. This was not like a union suit. This, well, I didn't mean that literally, of course. That's but, the uh, problem with the Poe costume is if you're drinking beers, it's... Why were you in a costume? It's tough to reach uh, Tinky Pink. Did you not know, were you not supposed to wear one? Was it costume optional? Uh, I I think they said there's you something know, else to the story. Isn't well, yeah, there's clearly a lot of pleasure from his end, but I'm not sensing any guilt. Was this even a Halloween party? No. Well, well, yeah, it was a Halloween party. I think so. You're a social terrorist. It was There's, an October right? social terrorist. <laughs> You're a shit starter. Maybe it was a Thanksgiving party. And I'm party. not sensing any guilt. Isn't this supposed to be about guilty pleasures? Uh, were you with anybody? I, I was with my 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 life partner. And why didn't he or she um, wear a she, costume? Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you met. You could have said your wife, but you said life partner. Uh, her costume was the luckiest woman in the world. Yeah, right. Why? Who did she go she with? She would agree with that. <laughs> so what about your guilty pleasures, fellas? Uh, I was going to get right into uh, how many Spartan hats I own and uh, how much I enjoy fart jokes, but I, I feel like uh, maybe should I should share the spotlight. Well, you can um, start. I mean, I immediately thought of pop culture. Because, you know, there's all songs or movies that are bad that I think we all enjoy. 
good bad movies. Right? Strange yeah. Brew, right at the top. That's a good. But I'm movie. not guilty about liking Strange Brew. That's the a Kenzie Brothers. Cool, 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 cool. Which one are you guilty about liking? When I worked at Channel Four, which uh, was the darkest and most difficult period in my professional life, <laughs> I could not sleep at night, and uh, there were only two things that would help me fall asleep. Uh, one was getting laid, and the other one was watching Employee of the Month, starring Dane Cook and Jessica Simpson. And there's only so many times you can wake somebody up at 3 in the morning. Um, so I watched a lot of Employee of the Month, which uh, also in, 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 involves um, Michigan's own Dak Shepard. Do you genuinely it. like the movie, or were you watching it to fall asleep? No, I do like it. I like it a lot. It's not a bad movie. It did score a twenty on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a. Uh, I mean, it is a. It's a, a pretty awful, objectively bad movie. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's got Dane Cook and Jessica Simpson, and it can't get much worse than that. I really like Dane Cook in that movie, and of course in Jessica movie, Simpson. You know. In that movie. Dane Cook, I think, is coming to the Fillmore, and I'm thinking of buying tickets because I'm. Good. Wear your Poe costume. Maybe, maybe my. Oh, damn. Do you, Do you have one, Sean? Do you have a movie that is bad? That you still watch every time I see it? Yeah, close to your heart, maybe. Yeah, this is hard to admit. Not, not family movies. That you this is hard to count. admit. Overboard. Kurt Russell. Oh, yeah, and Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Now, oh, is yeah. Overboard different than Captain Ron? Yes, very different, yeah. How? He gets amnesia. No, he, who, which one gets amnesia? Goldie Hawn. Goldie, Goldie Hawn. Hawn gets amnesia. In yeah. Overboard, or is that Captain Ron? Overboard. Okay. And she's kind of a... She's the mean... She's a debutante homeowner. on a yacht and falls off and... And he's forgets who she is, and he's a carpenter, and she yeah. trashes him, and yeah. he tries to get even by basically kidnapping her. I mean, it, it wouldn't go over too well today, right? Probably not, but it's a movie. That's but, not a uh, bad movie. Yeah, it's a terrible movie, but it is kind of fun, and it evokes a, an '80s milieu, I guess, if uh, to borrow a word Mike would use or Michael. And that's the French pronunciation of the English word milieu. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, um, or or then how about how about this? The Equalizer, Denzel uh, Washington. Oh, I was thinking the TV show. Yeah, that's not a very good movie. Or Taken. These are not good movies. Taken's good. Everyone, but they're must. but it's the revenge fantasy, right? So you yeah. you you try to think of yourself as a certain kind of person, and then you get sucked in, and you love the whole idea I, of taking it into your. Own hands and own power and go and exacting revenge. And that's kind of a guilty pleasure. Overboard on Rotten Tomatoes, 45%. Can I tell you a really pathetic guilty pleasure? Yes, please do. So at Speedway, not that we want to, you know, give them free airtime, but that's right. <laughs> they sell these little uh, little squares called Lunchables. Oh, yeah, Lunchables. Are you remember, gross, and, they're, yeah. and they're disgusting and they're gross. And, and whenever I'm you know, having a day where I can't get lunch, I shouldn't say whenever because this is rare, but every once in a while, you, it's four o'clock. You haven't eaten. You're starting to faint, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to fall off the side of the road, so you stop at a speedway. You get a turkey and Swiss lunchable, and then you carefully you, take the you cracker might. with the cheese and the slice of turkey, and you you see. Mine's worse than that because I go, I'll go Seven Eleven and I love eating the taquitos, and I'll cry while I'm eating them because I know how bad. I don't like cameras because I like to eat taquitos because they're. Not good for you, and they're disgusting, but they're delicious. They don't taste pretty good, yeah. But I'll still just mow on them. It's like it's kind of like what's White Castle. The, uh, as as the fancy kids would say, what's the protein in a taquito? Who cares? Is it rat turd? So I'm not eating it for the protein. At least the Lunchables have have protein. It, well, it looks like turkey. Who knows what it is? 
It's a little disc. I'm eating I mean, it because I think it's it like what you good. get on a corn pad, or maybe a communion wafer. I don't know. <laughs> they oh. are terrible. They're really slimy too. The the yeah, they're very slimy. Yeah, yeah, they're viscous, mucusy. And the movie that is my guilty pleasure. I will watch it right now if it's on. Um, it scored a 44 in Rotten Tomatoes, 31 from the audience. I have the out of us three of the so lowest the critics audience like score. it. The critics liked it more than the audience, but the movie. Species? Has anyone ever seen the movie? Love that movie. Is that really? Natasha? Great, Hanstrich? great, yes! good, bad movie. It's terrible. Michael Madsen, Ben she's Kingsley. Not a, she's pretty hot. And um, the girl who was eventually on uh, another one of my guilty pleasures, uh, Dawson's Creek. Michelle Williams was the little kid. Oh, yeah. in Species. Right. Uh, d- um, but I love that movie because we had in college a cable box that was illegal, so we could watch, you know, um, all the movies that were pay per view. And that happened to be the movie that was pay-per-view, and we lost the remote. And so we watched it three straight times in a row because we were hungover, and nobody wanted to get up and look for the remote on the TV. Maybe the guilty pleasures, you were eight and you were hungover. What? No, I was in college. Oh, you were in college. Species is a phenomenal movie. They didn't want to mix the alien DNA with the human DNA. It's based on a true story. Wow. Well, that sounds like... uh, That's a complete guilty pleasure. That's a great. I'll watch it right now. I like I like Natasha, but the whole sort of praying mantis uh, man eater aspect of her uh, personality puts me off a little. You bit. need to learn to let yourself go. Give yourself over into the unknown. I'm thinking hot chick who may uh, eviscerate you is you say not really needing to attractive woman my, instead of hot chick. Uh, she's a lizard. Okay, that would be <laughs> show some respect for the exactly. human alien hybrid. That she is. Come on. And why doesn't anybody get her on the Me Too stuff? It's one thing if you put uh, your hand on somebody's shoulder. It's another thing if you turn him into a pool of blood. Well, unfortunately, she was on the other side of a Me Too situation with Brett Ratner. So. Oh, in real life. Oh, yeah. Well, you're yeah, wondering what happened to her one. career. I think you just answered your question. Except it was before Species. So I don't know if Species is to blame for the career. Or maybe it's because she did Species 2 and Species 3, which I've yet to see. She was also in that movie, um, The Whole Nine Yards, right? With yes. Bruce Willis. Uh-huh. Another terrible movie. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure so much, though. It's not a bad movie. movie. Matthew, uh, what's his nuts from uh, Friends was in it. Mm-hmm. Perry. Matthew Perry. Yeah. Great tennis player. What? He was an amazing Canadian uh, junior tennis player. Wait. See, I don't know. This is the ML. I don't know if you're serious. Or no, he totally... was. before. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not a costume. He's being party. provocative. It's not a costume. No, he was a great <laughs> He's trying to shock junior you. tennis player before he became a great uh, 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 customer of the pharmaceutical industry. And now he lives in a hotel. Does he? Yeah. Are we talking about Dan Leach? Leach? Oh, does Leach still live in a hotel? I know he did. No, I heard he time. moved. Guilty pleasure. I, I like I like Dan Leach. I, I do, too. I wish. I Can we edit that part out? No. Any other guilty pleasures? Um, Sitting uh, in the house in your boxers? No. And doing no. nothing? Uh, no one I should do, ever feel guilty about Eating that. a bag of I do whatever. like to uh, sometimes imagine that I'm uh, Captain Kirk or maybe Captain Sisko. From uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Hmm. Okay. I just, just kind of like their self-assuredness, their, they, they, their confidence. And I love the way that Kirk always kick fights. Like when he'll go running at somebody, he's always, got, he's always somehow launching himself and kicking him in the midsection with both feet. Do you role play a lot? No, no, I'm not a cosplay. I don't go to Comic-Con. I, don't, I just like You just go to Halloween parties. Oh, he keeps it all in his head. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I have gone to a Halloween party as Captain Kirk, it. though, but I felt very confident about that. I didn't feel guilty, and uh, and everybody else there was in a costume. 
I also have to tell you, one year I went out uh, for Halloween as Ish from uh, Kingpin. I just wore a navy blue suit, a white shirt with no tie. What'd you do I for wore, the hair? I wore a hat. I wore a hat like he did. Okay. I had a fedora that I kind of mashed down to look like one of the Amish hats. And I carried a bag with a bowling ball around, and nobody knew who I was. Man, you got to work on your Halloween costumes, then. And uh, I ran into a colleague from work um, who... Um, was wearing a tight um, uh, blouse. Uh, she was voluptuous, and she had uh, a halo on, and she was smoking a cigarette, and she had some little wings on. And uh, she said, who are you? And I said, I'm, I'm Ish from, uh, from um, Kingpin. And she said, well, you know who I am, right? And I said, <laughs> I said yeah, you're a dirty angel. And she said, "No, I'm just an angel." And uh, <laughs> well, isn't that the walked away? Isn't that the joy for some women on Halloween that they can let their inner, um, I don't know, their they can be a little their inner sexiness out. They can be the slutty devil or slutty cop. Or she's now a mother of four. Well, I know that's what's great about Halloween. By the way, Kingpin couldn't be made today either. Really? I don't think so. Parts uh, of it. Uh, Let me ask you this, though. Should movies like that be made today that are a little irreverent and maybe uh, objectifying or borderline? Probably not objectifying, but irreverent. Yeah. Reverent. Those movies just won't There's a big safe sex message in it that seems positive when he's sponsored by the condoms at the end of the rubber man. Yeah. And he's he loses a hand and he he overcomes. I mean, there's a there's a story of triumph. I don't understand. With the Fairly Brothers movies, there always is, isn't there? I mean, there's always a redeeming story. Sure, he's very heroic. And they put disabled people or differently abled people in their movies and don't treat them any different as any other character. I do like the. the here's a guilty pleasure: Bill Bill Murray's performance in Kingpin. Oh yeah. Oh God! But he's in the diner and he's eating a bowl of cereal and he's talking. There, there's a table full of ladies and he, he's trying to hit on one of them, and she thinks it's her and he says, "No, not you, you." Yeah. Just dismiss. <laughs> so dismiss. I can't believe I'm laughing at that because it's so Great. cruel. It's so cruel and dismissive. But but, that, but that's the point, right? But they're it's, movies, though. It's over the top. Or when he says, "Maybe wear a little less perfume next time." Yeah. Or he's just so. He's a dick. Yeah, he's <laughs> a is it uh, Captain Morgan and Tab or Tonic and t- Tab? Yes. Yeah. 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 But, tab but, but very few <laughs> actors could could be that much of a, as you say, dick. I didn't say that. I said, still, I, said I said it. Oh, okay. okay, sorry. You said it, Mark. And still be... Respect s- the craft. Yeah, and still have you kind of laugh with them a little bit. It's a it's a very unique skill but don't Bill Murray like, has. Don't we like that in a lot of uh, TV shows and movies? Don't we like the, the a-holes? Isn't that what Sometimes makes we do. funny? Uh, isn't that what makes Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm funny? Because he says things that a lot of people think. He does, it, but the show pokes fun at him, too. So sure. as long as that is happening... Right. Sure. Well, it's like the cover of Spinal Tap that they pulled because the one album had uh, them with a woman on a leash smelling a glove. They had to pull that because it was tasteless. But the other album had the lead singer tied down by women who were whipping him. And it was all just about who's the victim. It's, Always. There's a fine line between... Something in clever. I oh, and the and the tone, like you speaking to Larry David, the episode about the, with the Palestinian chicken. Oh, brilliant! It's it was incredible. Brilliant. Yeah, but but most people would try to make something like that, and it would just 
yeah, it would be awkward and tone deaf and probably painful. I've never had Palestinian chicken, but I don't think I'd ever be ashamed of it. I'm. Uh, who gets to say I'm going to fuck the? You know, excuse me. Exactly. No. <laughs> who gets to say that? <laughs> Look at Larry. Larry me. Said. We're not uh, foul mouthed uh, free press. No. Uh, finally, you finally shocked him for once. I know I did. Well, I, if I continued what he had said, right? <laughs> yes, you know what I'm saying. I know. I, yeah, because I've seen the episode. I have oh. seen that episode. That's yeah. an incredible also, he line. Left, actually. He just left you out to hung, hung, hung you out to dry. Yeah, I was hoping he was going to get to the part about me and my sister will do it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably should have. I'm going to f you like you f my people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> as they're. As they're so making, brilliant. as they're making love, making just just love throw it out there. You 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 uh, you broke the seal. Just just give us all the consents and the vowels. What about music? Is there anything that if anybody knew that you listened to this, or things that you listen to in the car with the volume all the way up, where if you pull up to another car, you just like, oh yeah, you switch it over to NPR. Well, I wouldn't switch it to that, but. Uh... Uh, I, I this is bad. I really like current pop music, and I know it's bad. I know a lot of those songs are not Katy good Perry, music. Bruno no, Mars, I'm talking like is that old now, like Old Town Road. I don't know why, but I will listen to that song. Of course, you know it's everybody likes it. It's number one for 18 straight weeks. Or uh, there's just certain pop music that I don't mind. Taylor Swift. I don't mind. I'm not their demo. That's why I feel guilty about it. Okay. I don't mind Demi Lovato. You don't mind if you're sitting in, say, Orlando at a spring, team, spring training facility 10 years ago and Katy Perry's roar comes on and you secretly kind of like you it. You start singing it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened to you? Kind of. Well, did, did you get pepper sprayed? or Did you lose the well, world I, and it came back to you and everyone's well, just looking at well, you? Well, I wasn't projecting. You know, I, My lips probably weren't even moving. Damn. I would say. It's just weird when you're not the person that those songs are written for, you know. They're not going after yeah, middle-aged like white men. You like Hanson, don't you? <laughs> I, no, I do not. I'll draw the line at Hanson. or Wood. I, I think that new M-bop, song M-bop. by them is pretty good. But I, I think you're thinking of Jonas Brothers. But that's oh, okay. Jonas Brothers, right. Fight Phew. the good fight, Triumph. <laughs> yeah, so Triumph yeah, is go. mine. I, I, have this, I have this bad habit of falling into music and then just, like, just immersing myself in it. So I just recently got into a little Triumph kick and... Uh, and Wait a minute. Is that just playing inside my head? What are you talking about? Is it just me? I don't hear that. Where's Where's Rocket Rick, whatever his last name is, who also happens to be like the shortest guitar player in the history? Didn't of they have music. like a 12-string guitar? You know, what, what do you call the double, double neck? neck guitar? Yeah. Was that oh. them or was that somebody else? Well, that's, that's Rocket Rick. See, you're their demo, right? I mean, they're going after guys like you. Yeah, who can't grow beards. I mean, it's that's Canadian <laughs> metal. That's nobody's demo. Okay, I like Rush too, so I get the Rush is great. They're poor man's Rush. Chilliwack. But these guys have a more spiritual lyric. The days grow short and the nights are getting long. Feels like we're running out of time. Every day it seems much harder. Tell right from wrong. You've got to read between the lines. I could have done this. If anybody like that. Getty Lee. I couldn't have got in the pants, but I could have done the rest of this. Is this coming up right here is where you'd crank it? No, I'm already cranked, man. Really? Oh, yeah. Make it worth the price we pay. Don't get discouraged. Don't be afraid. We can make it through another day. Inspirational. The good book says it's better to give than to receive. I do my best to do my part. Wait, they read the good book in Canada? 
It's it's the it's the I think they put a U in good. Okay. The good book. I like that you're doing spoken word for triumph. Yes. Nothing in my pockets. I got nothing in my sleeve. I keep my magic in my heart. Keep up your spirit. Keep up your faith. I'm counting on you. I'm ahead of them. Well, they take a little while to get there. Counting on you. You've got to do. We only have one sponsor <laughs> left, right? It's too late. They can't pull the check clear. If, if anybody like that, that is the definition of a guilty pleasure. So how do you, so this so, is the guilty pleasure part of the song right here. Uh, and you're banging your head down a little bit, right? Uh, maybe a little bit. I, I don't. I get vertigo, so I try not yeah. to bang my head too much. But I, I, I don't think I don't think you should be embarrassed by liking Triumph. The music's great. The lyrics are great. Lay it on. I'm trying to tired of playing all your foolish games i'm tired of all your lies making me insane. wait that's a different song it is but i don't ask for much the truth will do just fine won't you lay it on the line i mean that's that that's that's wisdom i mean people will mock you for this i don't know why people hate nickelback i don't know them myself but uh but this is great they don't live next to you Nickelback, they uh, they live in South Detroit. Okay, I live on the east side. Oh, look at that uh, de-evolution of Canadian rock from Rush to Triumph to Nickelback. I'm not sure I'm willing to say that Triumph is a step down from Rush, but uh, but well, they are. So you're wrong. Uh, out on the streets, inspiration comes hard. The Joker in the deck keeps handing me his cards, smiling, friendly. Who are you trying to sell this on? I don't. Yeah. And breaks my back in a game I can't win. Jive and hustle. What's it all about? Everybody always wants the easy way out. Thirty pieces gold for the Judas kiss. What's a nice boy doing in a place like this? It feels like he's singing about our very beloved city. So Sean, you're trying to get the one listener we have right now to run out the door, Sean. Without doing, actually, spoke- I'm going to ask him to donate a dollar. To this week's uh, uh, show. Without spoken word or slam poetry, do you have any guilty musical pleasures? Uh, just aside from Katy Sean, Perry? Sean, I'm counting on you to answer the I question. I love the idea that you'd be listening to Katy Perry, though. I don't know why. Well, I didn't have a choice. I was in an open-air press box. With the unicorn t-shirt with not, no sleeves? That's not a guilty pleasure. That's because you've heard it so many times. It's just a And all of a sudden it dawned on me, you know, okay, okay, I can feel that a little bit. I could feel Katy Perry. Right. I don't know oh, come on. She's so done. She's so oh, cooked. Goodness. What? She's so over. Oh, my goodness. She Dane cooked? That's no the most cooked. I feel like I'm in 2019 just sitting across from a dude who's in 1982. What is going well, yeah, on? Yeah, triumph. It's a good year. What is going on? Whose farewell tour with the Clash and Eddie Money? You probably, when you talk to a woman, do you look at her eyes or no? Do you look? Uh, I don't like to be alone with another woman unless my wife is there. Oh, okay. <laughs> what are you, Mike? Holding Pence? a camera. Okay. No, sorry. It's, it's, we'll, edit we'll, we'll edit that out too. Um, <laughs> a blue oyster cult, but they're probably too. Uh, probably a little too talented to be to be a guilty pleasure. Too much cowbell. Pour some sugar on me, haven't we talked? Yeah, about we've that talked about that one. Yeah, hate Def Leppard. Really? Worst band no, I don't like Def Leppard either. Judas Priest. Yeah. Judas Priest is good, but that's good. just because again, it's a nostalgic thing. I had a, a, a girlfriend in high school, and she was a big metalhead, and so maybe I. Tried to figure out how to like that a little bit. Just Let's to, see, once again, the, uh, I think you're in their demo. No, because I was listening to, to guys who wear crotchless leather pants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I was listening see, with to the unicorn jazz t-shirt. band and uh, <laughs> I par- like that. Parliament and all that. I, my 45s were all soul and funk, funk and all yeah. that. So, and when I moved to Texas, it was either country music or metal. And this was in the early 80s in high school. And and By my the girlfriend way, used uh, to listen to Judas Priest and bang her head against the wall. And uh, Tri- Triumph got their big break in San Antonio. 
So okay, well, uh, any other guilty pleasure? I I I have I think somewhere around uh, two dozen Michigan State uh, hats of one kind or another, including what's known as the cowbucker, which I will only wear when I'm up north kayaking or on a paddleboard because I figure nobody else can really see it. Good. Guilty pleasure. How about not shaving? Um, you don't have to worry about shaving, Mike. But, <laughs> but Mark, how about not shaving? Is I, that a guilty pleasure? The only reason I have a beard because I hate shaving. Are we talking I mean, about You still have to axe? trim that. I, see I that. do, but I mean not do that once every three days or okay. whatever. What about uh, borderline humor? Any, any fart jokes? Uh, oh, please. Everyone loves those. Everybody no. Loves them. I have very little shame. You should know that by now. What do you mean fart jokes? What, uh, you'd probably laugh at just farting. Uh, yeah, because they're funny. Well, in this in this group, you either laugh or cry. So I'm. I'm but a lot of it's I'm about trying to turn that frown upside down. But a lot of it's about timing. Okay. There's somebody What's that lives favorite? in my house that might occasionally, you know, let one out, and it's funny. And then follow that I up with, with two. There's two a little something men. for you. There's a present for you. <laughs> as it's wafting, and I'm just happening to be passing through. Well, it's not like so. It's the comet. So that it, so that kind of makes it. You know, my favorite is uh, you know the joke about Harold. No. Guy goes out on a date. He takes his date out. They get some coney dogs, whatever. He gets three. She gets two. He eats his three. She eats one. So I'm kind of full. And, and he says, well, I, I really shouldn't have another one. This is a first date. I'm trying to make a good impression. But he hates to see food wasted. He loves conies. So he, he eats her coney. And, and he's starting to affect him. And he's feeling like uh, like he's he's about to ruin the uh, the ambiance. But he figures if I can just hold out a little bit longer, I'll take her home. We had a great time. Kiss her goodnight. See her another time. They get to the doorstep. This is like a triumph song, by the way. It's taking a little bit to get going. I'm laying it on the line. So so she she invites him in. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. He's like, I can maybe hold off a little bit longer. She says, I got to run upstairs, powder my nose. Why don't you talk to my dad for a while? Dad comes in. This guy's dying. He thinks he's going he's gonna to implode, explode, whatever. There's going to be some sort of uh, some myocardial infarction, if you will. Uh, dad says, uh, hey, this is our dog, Harold. And he thinks, aha, I'm delivered. Mm-hmm. So he thinks, well, if I just leak a little bit out, I'll blame it on the dog. So he tries it. The dog is sitting there, and the dad says, Harold! He says, it's working. So he releases a little more gas. Dad says, Harold! He goes for it, he lets the rest out, and the dad yells, Harold, get away from that guy before he shits all over you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you needed that. So oh, I like that. So that's now, a, that's now, a guilty now pleasure. I'm feeling a little, I, I really enjoy it, and I feel <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty I dumb feel, joke. It's pretty guilty. terrible. So, uh, and it took a long way to get there, which made it even worse. But it was like it a was, triumph song. It so was, was a long good. story poorly told, which is the uh, opposite of this show's ethos. How about, uh, to me, the, the real guilty pleasure yeah. is Lafayette Coney. It's my favorite single yeah. bite in Detroit. You like it better than American? Oh, by far. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. We're gonna have trouble with the no bullshit news. I know you don't. You don't really like <laughs> flavor, though. So I, I just want our listeners to know that. I just you're not into flavor. You probably don't know what salt is. So I understand that. And Grace Carroll's forgive him. He knows not what he says. <laughs> yeah, Lafayette is the dogs. The dogs snap a little bit more. The chili has a little more depth and substance. So, uh, Sean, I I don't know if I told you this, but we had just signed American Coney Island as a sponsor. <laughs> well, you you want a Coney that tastes like something out of Big Boy, and and I understand that it's for the masses, and I appreciate that. Okay, I think that's it. Before Sean gets to mortgages, we are going to wrap it up and move on to our our great debate. 
I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. I have one more guilty pleasure that I have to share, and and it's not a porn addiction. I'm 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 not saying that that might not be a guilty pleasure. I'm just saying that there's no. I'm guilt not admitting there. to it. I, I really enjoy the work of Sean Windsor in the Free Press, and and not just because he's set the stage for this week's great debate. Sean, Guilty tell us pleasure. about old Stevie Ross, what you don't like about him. You hate him, in fact. No, I don't hate him. You want him to die. I don't hate him. I don't <laughs> dislike him. Why do you think I hate him? Maybe I didn't read it as close as I thought I did. Mm, you, you inferred your own words. You, you called him a hypocrite. Words. I did. Oh, yes. I do think yes. that. Okay. I do think that. Why is he a hypocrite? Explain yourself, good sir. I think... Anybody that's going to make an argument. So, okay, so last year he banned his players. All right, first of all, he owns the Miami Dolphins. He's the single biggest donor of the athletic department at U of M. Plus, he has his name adorned in the business school. At Strike U- one, University two, three. That's all you. fine. Oh. That's all fine. Last year he banned his players from kneeling. Did he ban them? He did. He issued a ban. And one player ended up kneeling anyway, but at the time he issued a ban. It was a business move. That's fine. But the idea is... Don't mix, you know, politics and sports at that particular time. If he just said it's the bottom line, it's the business, 60% of our audience is offended but, because but they have a very narrow view of the flag. But he's not the one, And aside from what you feel about kneeling, he's not the one that knelt. I mean, that was brought to him first. Right, but his argument is there's a time, you know, that sports and politics just say what it is. It's a business decision. But then to turn around as a public figure who owns the Dolphins and, again, who donates to U of M, and then to go to a fundraiser, this isn't going to a voting booth and voting and making a political choice in a private way, a personal way. This is raising $14 million for a, for a president who he knows is going to upset a lot of folks within his businesses that, that he invests in, obviously within the Miami Dolphins, and clearly a lot of people at the University of Michigan who are really upset about that too. That's his right, and he's fine to do that. But to me, the, the the point of the column is you can mix – mixing sports and politics are just fine. Just say you're doing that. Or is he saying if you agree with me, you can express your views. If you don't agree with me, shut your damn mouth. Well, and I wrote that in the column as long as it's your politics. And that's the problem with all Some of big this. Words. He just, has a right yeah. to do that. Yeah. Everybody has a right to do that and react the way they want to react. I just didn't – I felt like he was talking out of both sides of his mouth, and it, when it suits him, he's going to go one way. Plus, he runs an organization called Rise, which is dedicated to um, inclusion and diversity Red? in sports, oh. right? Yeah. And I so guess. a lot of people had a problem with that, that he's doing that. I, whatever. I don't, that doesn't bother me as much. He can put his money where he wants to. But well, that, the idea that it's not public, that doesn't fly with me. He's a very public figure. That's what's interesting, though. He's donated to other Republicans in the past and other Democrats in the past. He's donated to Michigan, a very, you know, most people would feel incredibly liberal yep. institution. Yeah, he's taken some pretty liberal interpretations of the tax laws with one of those donations. Well, I, but look what I he's done. I refer you to an earlier episode of ML Solar. He donates to the athletic department, and that's more mixed. And then he's got the business school. And, you know, it depends on who you talk to at the business school. But they have a certain ethos over there. They're pumping out uh, a fair decent amount of Gordon geckos. That and, would probably uh, also donate to this president. Exactly. Exactly. And that and that's fine. It's just it's interesting to me. I don't want to get off topic on that, but what Trump mixes in with sports and, and the and people's reaction, we've just never seen anything like this with a with a president before. But that's a that's a different topic. But in any case, 
that was kind of what I wrote about. Now, two weeks ago, you said ESPN had the right to, you know, decree upon their employees what they should and shouldn't talk about. They do, and they're not trying to hide why. Stephen Ross isn't allowed to do that with his players? Of course he is, and I wrote that in the column. Okay. Of course he is. But the idea that you're not mixing politics and sports, that's what I didn't like. Just just I mean, say what it is. Mixing business and, and politics yeah. on the other one? Like, well, that's, says, that's how the world works, right? I don't think... Well, I, to me, I think his whole thing is, I like this guy, I'm going to give him money, uh, he doesn't like you, so don't do something that pisses him off. To me, if, if you believe you should be able to express yourself, everybody should be able to express yourself, and then you, you take the consequences. But I don't like him telling some guys to shut up while he's screaming at the top of his lungs. That, that was my issue. But Mark, you, uh, he, he, he's free to do you that. You just want that money to keep coming to Ann Arbor. Well, that's true, too, but aside from that, I, I don't know. I, just, I feel like it was kind of thrust upon him, like it wasn't this edict that he sent down. Uh, I think the whole thing about Neely. He could have stood up. Huh? He could have stood up. What do you mean? To the NFL, when Kenny Stills brought it up, or when no, he could have he could have said, "I'm going to go in a different way." I don't right? think he, I don't know if he really could have though. I, he could have. He's got plenty of money. He doesn't nobody, need, he doesn't need the Dolphins. He nobody, could have done that. Nobody got banned. He didn't ban anybody. He didn't suspend anybody for kneeling, did he? He didn't suspend anybody, but no. he issued a ban. I mean, he, he called it a ban. He said our players aren't going to be kneeling. Honestly, I bet you in his mind he didn't even connect the whole fundraiser with the Dolphins until Stills brought it oh, up. Oh, that's why I said he was tone deaf. In, uh, yeah, he, in, well, in, that's in fair. Column. I think he might be tone deaf. Um, but then again, I don't mind when those things mix. Maybe that's my guilty pleasure. I I, I don't either, bother actually. me at all, but it really bothers a lot of other people. I don't mind it at all. My guilty pleasure is watching Mark and Sean fight. I don't mind it at all. Mixing, I, I mixing. There's a respectful it's, conversation. It's avo- it's, you can't avoid it at this point. Like, I mentioned Harbaugh in the, yeah. in the column, the tweet. And um, he tweeted out, no, great Michigan man. I think that was the tweet, right, regarding Ross. That's what he said about Brandon Peters, too. Yeah, right. On thir- I think it was a Thursday. Maybe it was a Wednesday. And, and it's hard to get into his head and know if the timing mattered one way or the other with, with Harbaugh. But Ross had just been in news broke that he'd been inducted into the leadership, yeah, leadership the arm of the yeah. Football Foundation Hall of Fame. And so Harbaugh was saying, "Hey, they great, Michi- that by great Michigan wealth, man!" Right? And he tweeted that out, and a lot of people and a lot of Michigan fans, you can go on his Twitter, which was feed, ludicrous. They were frustrated with him, like, "This is terrible timing." You know, look what look what Ross is doing right now with Trump. Why are you tweeting this out? So I actually defended Harbaugh in a column and saying I thought it was there's no problem with it. unwitting. I mean, that he didn't, he wasn't. Did, did anybody tweet say what you want? But you're a crappy coach. No, no. no. no I actually wrote a couple of weeks ago. He was a, he was a really good coach, but that's a. That's another issue. It's old news. But yeah, but, but Harbaugh, <laughs> even Harbaugh, is, you know, he went to a Hillary rally in 2016. Yes. You know, he's, he's, um, was yeah, he was actually for kneeling. I mean, he's spoken on a few. Most coaches do these days. It's but hard is to, that poor timing to go to a rally? I mean, if this is poor timing to thank Stephen Ross. No, but people, people didn't think the same way in 2016, did they? No, I just, I don't I mean, like, Trump has changed the landscape. I don't like that. They're to to the to that point. It's like if if I like somebody or had an opinion of something beforehand, and then find out that they have a political difference for me, it's I think it's pretty weak that it would change my whole opinion of the person after the fact because people are far more complex. And they nuanced. are, and they're complicated, and they're and they're, li- and they're layers. They, I understand why people would vote for them. I really do. I don't like them. I have no problem saying that I don't like them. I wouldn't vote for them. But I understand why other people do. I wouldn't vote for Harbaugh either.
Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys? Taste is such a personal thing, and there's some people who personally think the taste of Chernobyl vodka, I guess, is delicious. Why else would they do it? And I, I guess I shouldn't. What call is it, Chernobyl vodka? I shouldn't call it Chernobyl vodka. It's it's vodka from Chernobyl, which people may remember in 1986 was the site of what I think is probably the worst nuclear disaster in the history of mankind. Well, now some British scientists have teamed with some colleagues in the Ukraine to produce atomic. Vodka, that's A-T-O-M-I-K, to give it a more authentic feel, that is made with grain and water from the site of the, from a farm near the site of the 1986 nuclear disaster. Is it something we need? Absolutely not. Why are um, they doing it? Oh, they're doing it to capitalize on the TV show. No. Because there's no, just a Chernobyl no. TV. Chernobyl's hot again. For there some you go. Reason. There you go being so cynical. They, the team behind the new beverage, the Washington Post reports, hopes to use the profits from future sales to help wildlife conservation and communities still affected by the disaster. No, it won't. S- Professor Smith says there are plans to create the Chernobyl Spirit Company, which will produce and begin selling the spirit once all outstanding legal inquiries are completed. This might... this. <sighs> okay, I- I, I got to try and say I, this with I a straight face. I hate when people say uh, a portion of the proceeds go to charity because that could mean any tiny, minute amount well, is going to charity. I tell people a portion of the proceeds from sales of the Kwame Sutra will benefit local bartenders. That's true. <laughs> so, the, so this egghead with the vodka says this might just be the most important bottle of vodka in the world. It's not. Not for what it is, but for what it represents. <sighs> what does it represent to them? Some English stooges who are trying to make They're trying to money. Yeah. yeah, but they say it's no more radioactive than any other vodka. And you know why we can trust them? Because they've checked it. Yeah, right. Sean, can I, can I pour you a, a little Atomics on the rocks? Sure, why not? Okay. You're, you're game for, there's only one bottle, so we're going to have to probably pool our money to buy it. Okay. But, uh, well, if you sell your house in Gross Point, that ought to cover it. <laughs> oh, man. If my, if my house in Gross Point has the same... Uh, same resale value as certain uh, corners of Chernobyl and uh, Chechnya. But, but things are looking up. Things are looking up in the city. So, eggheads who think that we want to drink radioactive, oh, but not really radioactive vodka to help people and also to make a lot of money, you are our Geek of the Week. need to preface room 7609 as we check your IDs and we pat you down for weapons and to make sure you're not trying to sneak in a bottle of atomic uh, radioactive vodka. I need to preface my or, remarks. Or wearing a Poe costume. Uh, well, then, no, those, that gets you to the front of the line, man. That gets you right past the velvet rope. Um, Woody Woodruff, my colleague at Fox 2, is a very confident man. He, as far as I know, has no pleasures that he should feel guilt for. Um, but he's told me he would love to start a Smiths cover band called the Blacksmiths. 
which I think would be hilarious and awesome. And he's a huge Smiths fan. And I would go see every – I would carry their gear <laughs> out to the van. That's how much I love that idea. And it got me thinking, what kind of cover band would I do? And I would do a cover band where we do all covers of women bands. So the Go-Go's, um, the Donna's. Well, the bangles. The, the inverse has happened, isn't there? Led Zeppelin. Uh, I not Yeah, all the females that do Led Zeppelin songs. I went to go see Dread Zeppelin one time, which was a band that used to play around Detroit that would cover Led Zeppelin tunes, but with a reggae beat. Oh, cool. And their lead singer, I believe, was called Velvet Elvis. Okay, that and makes so no sense. And so he came out in an Elvis costume with the big mutton chops and the big white wings on the collar, and he would do like... Uh, it would do like a live and love and made to the the tune of um of heartbreak hotel oh really yeah it's pretty awesome that's cool yeah. very detroit yeah they 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 played around here i don't know if they're from here they may be from cleveland or somewhere but they're huh. kind of a big mes- midwestern band i think it was velvet elves i'll double check the name uh while we listen to this great selection from one of the first bands i would cover which is the go-go's and one of their songs it doesn't get quite enough attention in my opinion it's called this town
just need to set the record straight. The lead singer for uh, Dread Zeppelin is Tort Elvis. So Tort? Tort Elvis. And there's a guy in the band named Ed Zeppelin, which is oh. pretty cool, too. So It's an important distinction to be made. Yeah. So, I mean, the Go-Go's, one of the, one of the classic new... I love them, man. They're fantastic. I and do I, like the Go-Go's. I do, too. They're great. Not a guilty pleasure. No. They're no, good. No, no, no. Rule. My band would be a guilty pleasure. I, I don't know what to call it. What, what should I call my... Uh, cover band? My cover went, band. Went, went. I don't know. Went, went. Your, oh, cover, the your cover band? I'm looking for something to look You're going to front? Favorite. Stop, stops? Where I would just sing all... I would be... Obviously, the, the lead singer of a band that covers how about hairless songs. Chin? Made, oh. <laughs> anyway, we invite your suggestions for room seven six zero nine. You can reach us at ml at uh, ml soul detroit. At I gmail. love that you just com. suck the energy right out <laughs> of them. <laughs> that was the gut punch. That was the solar plexus shot. That was like uh, that was like Stephen Ross uh, being told that his money's no longer welcome in Ann Arbor. That well, will never happen. As you said, I'm I'm here. You know. Once every six months, so I, I once too to, often. In, I have to uh, take advantage. It was uh, Mark needs the help. Yes, so you you were gone just long enough for, for us to miss you, and now okay, we, now we bid you farewell. Okay, uh, you can reach us at three one three Butterfield eight nine zero seven zero. That's three one three two eight eight nine zero seven zero. We'd love to get your voicemail. We will play some of those on the air. Uh, we love getting your emails as well. We will read some of those. Uh, some of them, some of them, we we. Some of them are instructive. Somebody recommended a, a tune for 7609. Um, I watched it, and um, I said um, Room 7609 is about trying to, to raise awareness of bands that were somehow overlooked or music by, by well-regarded bands that was somehow overlooked. This particular suggestion is best overlooked, <laughs> and we will... Speak no more of it, but we but not we, allowed in the room. We do want to hear from you. We appreciate you supporting our sponsors. When you when you do business with one of our sponsors, please let them know that we sent you. That keeps them coming back to us and us coming back to you. Uh, you can sponsor the show uh, yourself, Mark. How do people give us their money? Oh, mlsoladetroit.com. There's a nice little donation bar, or you can go to drewandmikestore.com. And uh, feel free to buy a T-shirt or stickers or... Yes, we are restocked in T-shirts. We have all of the T-shirts are back in stock. We have, uh, we have some really cool stickers. They're very cheap. We also have uh, signed copies of the ML... Uh, no, no, the Kwame Sutra yeah. with, uh, signed by some guy named ML with a, a smart aleck inscription. Um, you are listening to ML Soul of Detroit on the Red Shovel Network. Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You have just heard M.L. Elric. Starring in the first of a new mystery series, The Adventures of M.L. Elric. Brought to you by Red Shovel Network. Makers of Pepsi. Tonight's story on the adventure of M.L. Elric. Based on Red Wind. Written by Drew Lane. Creator of M.L. Elric. The screen's most famous private detective. It was adapted for radio by M.L. Elric. Heard with Mark Fellhauer was Sean Windsor as Lola Barsley. And this is Wendell Niles inviting you to listen again next week at this same time to another exciting story on the adventures of M.L. Elric. Starring M.L. Elric with a distinguished cast.